0: Okay, none of you are my child. Has anyone seen Muri? See Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Luck-It-All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today, we are discussing The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt, with uh, Chris McKay's directorial debut coming in. The Tomorrow War is a 2021 American uh, military science fiction film directed by Chris McKay. It is produced by David Esselon, uh, Dana Goldberg, Don Grainer, David S. Goyer, Jules Daly, and Adam Goldbringer. Written by Zach Dean. Uh, Zach Dean's best known for The Tomorrow War and Deadfall. Um, not too familiar with Deadfall. This movie stars Chris Pratt. Um also he is an executive producer i believe let's see yeah he is um and then uh yvonne stravosky uh jk simmons betty gilpin sam richardson edwin hodge uh, jasmine matthews uh ryan kira armstrong and keith powers it follows a mix of present-day soldiers and civilians that are sent into the future to fight an alien army uh originally set for the theatrical release by paramount pictures the film's distribution rights were acquired by amazon due to the COVID 19 pandemic um and digital released july 2nd 2021 Um, while actually watching this movie i realized that um there's a couple scenes in there that i was like this feels like it easily could have been a christmas movie because it has the opening and ending of uh you know christmas and it happening during that time and i think somewhere at the uh development stage or uh story the release of it was pushed back probably because of the pandemic i believe um because it was originally due um at the end of last year 2020 almost pushed eight seven eight months back um so anyways it was acquired by amazon studios for around 200 million um let's see okay so this movie has an 53 percent on rotten tomatoes and i got to say that's probably about true um i got to be honest i thought this movie was just okay um from the pros and cons i'll just say uh you know the look of it it's got a look you know it's it's clearly got uh a pretty nice visual to it. I think the cinematographer of uh, uh, Larry Fong knows, you know, he knows uh, a good look to things. He kind of has that uh, washed-out uh, Steely gray look to it that a lot of Paramount movies sci-fi Paramount movies have um, Other movies this guy's done has uh, the Predator um, 2018 this guy was also Larry Fong was the cinematographer on Kong Skull Island also uh batman v superman um now you see me and uh super sucker punch watchman super 8 300 he seems larry fong must be uh uh zach snyder's go-to cinematographer as well you i mean i can kind of see it the more i look at it now i think about it um i do like the colors the direction you know uh it's Definitely got an interesting direction the problem that really comes into it is it's got generic movie action hero dialogue um there's nothing about it that really makes me um you know super excited about it the movie is about 30 minutes too long i think everybody that has reviewed it has said that the last 30 minutes is completely unnecessary um i, I think there are some pretty cool visuals when it comes down to uh, the sci-fi elements of it, but I mean, there is some intense shit going on when it comes down to the action. It's all—it's the parts that don't have the action that I'm just not really engaged in, unfortunately. And uh, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is that this movie is unfortunately forgettable. I am—I watched it. I want to say I watched it Saturday. It was released Friday. Watched it Saturday. It's currently Tuesday. And I can barely remember it. the be- The most thing, the biggest parts about this movie that I remember are the fact that it was so similar to, um, I want to say like, uh, other movies. It felt like a cross between like Alien meets Armageddon in a way. It's it's like a cross genre blending between uh, a, a couple different movies that people have seen and, and that are probably a little bit better than this one, unfortunately. Um, but I, I will say the. I think the casting is generally good. It's not. It's not. It's almost like you have a really decent, really good-looking meal, but when you take a bite into it, the bite is just not quite satisfying. And I just kind of found like that. That was going on with this. Um, the the characters have a tonal shift in them, in my opinion, that I don't think always, uh, uh, you know, is. I don't know, makes a hundred percent sense. I I feel like this movie is trying to walk the line of, um, you know, having that fun action hero, sci-fi adventure, but it's also slightly too long at 138 minutes. I was, I, I remember pausing it at the, an hour 45 thinking the movie had already, it was about to end. I was like, well, I guess I have about 10 more minutes and I guess it's about over 30 more minutes. I was like, God, I was like, I was not ready for all of this. So, um with saying that, uh, the Tomorrow War mostly relies on the heavy use of the visuals. It's campy, but not enough. It's like campy in a way that feels like it knows it's kind of ridiculous in a way, and it's kind of tries to yada yada some of the science. And I can deal with that. I can live with the science not making a hundred percent sense. It's if I'm bored and if I'm thinking too hard in between these um in between these plot lines that are plot holes that i'm just like wait a second does that make sense does wait does this make sense and i'm sitting here too long thinking about it um but i i I gotta say that there are um there are action sequences within this movie that had me on quote-unquote pins and needles there's a big part of this movie where it talks about you know taking soldiers From an earlier time and drafting them into the future because they need extra soldiers and that's a really cool concept I think the uh, the overall concept of having the everybody do that is uh, Pretty fascinating and overall the first 45 minutes I think really propel this in a strong area. It's the rest of the movie that kind of Unfolds into what is more of a generic action movie um i will say i think i enjoyed like i said the visuals the cinematography the story has somewhat to be desired um the writing uh eh. and uh some of the music felt a little bit like it should have been um more geared in like a sci-fi realm and not so much in an action hero realm i like if you think about most of the best sci-fi movies in the last um you know 20 30 they normally have a very memorable theme along with them. I don't feel that this has a memorable theme at all. When it comes down to it, it relies more on the the. the I, I want to say it was more or, orchestral, but I can't even remember. It's it's just not even like a a memorable theme, unfortunately for me, personally. Um, if you felt it, then that's great. I will say the sound design and the creature design and uh, you know, the things that. That they're having to fight is, is really fucking cool um so uh let me see oh let me see yeah, yeah so the tomorrow war uh received mixed reviews from critics with praise for the concept action and performances particularly Pratt's. i thought pratt was pretty good he's not your normal star lord he's way more in dramatic pratt mode there's a couple scenes where he feels way more relatable just as a normal guy, not really talking about uh, him being uh, anything, you know, too crazy or too special um, in those scenes. But just kind of giving and delivering a very subtle performance um, But there's criticism uh, aimed towards the, the derivative execution. So, yeah, the the plots feel somewhat unnaturalistic in, in a way. So this is where we're going to have to leave uh, everyone off here um for the uh spoiler section coming up the spoiler section is available on lucky dog podcast.com and uh, you are also able to get on patreon you get all the podcasts early you'll get uh, the uh, podcast mastered on soundcloud you'll get the visual podcast on youtube and you'll get podcasts and other streaming uh streams on uh, twitch so be sure to check out all of um, the places to find the luck at all podcast thank you for joining the luck at all podcast i would give this movie probably about a six out of ten maybe seven out of ten um i'll be a little bit more solidified when i post it on here um i'm kind of leaning more to it probably a seven out of ten because the visuals are just you know pretty stunning um but other than that you know it's it, I, I didn't have that emotional pull that pushed me to an eight or a nine um that made it that extra bit um, but thank you for listening, watching Luck It All podcast. Let me know how to improve. Thumbs up, subscribe. Thank you for watching. Take it easy. Here is the spoiler section. And thank you for uh, supporting the Patreon dot com slash Luck It All podcast. Also go to Luck It All podcast dot um, com, and you'll be able to check out all the the entire library as well. Just started setting up a new website on there. So, uh, bear with us as we continue to grow and expand it and improve it for everybody. So yeah, check it out. Look at all podcast.com. Here's the plot. In December, 2022 biology teacher and former green beret, Dan Forrester fails to get a job at a prestigious, um, research center while watching the world cup. Um, and that was the hold on before going past that, uh, he fails to get the job uh, as a prestigious uh, research center um incredibly relatable Act- actually recently I had some job stuff happen to me that felt like a real pushback in a way and this is one of the first times in my job i've been told no many times just as a an entrepreneur i you know you, you kind of get used to being told no in some scenarios so or you know m- not making the sale so when you do it is a it is an awesome time um to uh, celebrate but this was one of those times i could just totally relate to chris pratt him coming home and hearing that he uh You know has to deal with all this stuff and he's you know trying to be a a good family man but his uh you know his life isn't going exactly what he wished um i gotta say i was uh i felt like i was relating to this character to one of the first times and in a in a movie i've seen it multiple multiple times uh people not get their job people not get you know, the promotion, that type of thing, but this one felt really relatable, especially just because of uh, some stuff that I had to go through recently, so, um, that, this was one of the scenes that I felt that Chris Pratt was showing one of his, uh, more talented, uh, acting skills, you know, acting chops, um, so anyways, um, while watching the World Cup, um, uh, let me see, While, while watching the World Cup, Uh, soldiers from the year 2020 sorry 2051 arrived to warn that humanity is on the brink of extinction due to a war with alien invaders referred to as the white spikes so um kind of based off i'm kind of watching the trailer as we're doing this uh review as well um you know it's pretty intense how how these people just you know, bust up into the world cup and all this is some craziness. Um, really thought it was interesting visuals. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the dark Knight, how they, you know, stopped the football, uh, game at that one point. Um, but yeah, so we find out about the white spikes. We find out, uh, all this stuff, uh, about, uh, about them. Let me see. The white spikes will arrive in November, 2048 and kill the, uh, majority of the human of humanity three years later in response the world's militaries are sent into um, the future through a wormhole device called the jump link but fewer than 30 percent survive deployment to return in seven days prompting an international draft so this is a really fascinating intro for having everybody go there's sets this need up for needing uh uh people basically fresh off the street we don't care who you are moms pops grandmas grandpas get you get you uh get your uncle get everybody in get your neighbor everybody needs to join this international draft because apparently the odds are just looking absolutely astronomically terrible and once all this is all set up I think this is still part of the strongest part of the movie. It's the setup. This also introduces and during this part, uh I believe we have uh JK Simmons is introduced at a, at that point. Betty Gilpin plays uh the wife of Chris Pratt and she's kind of relegated toward towards that and unfortunately i will say yvonne stravosky has a much more uh, prominent role that i'm just going to kind of keep on the down low until we kind of talk a little bit more about it um sam richardson um he seems to be what would be called like the comedic relief to, to, to relieve the pressure in some of these more intense scenes the problem is this movie is tonally all over the fucking place I gotta say that I I had a great time in like a handful of scenes. Some of them he was in, but other times it felt like he doesn't he didn't need to be clowning like that. Um, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know. So uh, can can you take it easy and take something seriously? I know that you, you're trying to be the uh, the relief over here, the comedic relief, but my lord. Um, I got to say martin thomas on double Toasted said this looked a lot like independence day i didn't get independence day vibes from this as much i got way more like alien and armageddon kind of vibes in a way i don't know why that that feels way more prominent to me than um what he was saying but anyways that was just me independence day did not feel like nearly as of uh, i don't know independence day I mean, there's scenes in this that made it feel way maybe like Independence Day in some some scenarios, but I would have said this felt way more like Alien in the sense that we had you know tight tight net corners where they're being followed by uh, these white spikes, and I thought that the tension that was drawn from it was pretty strong. I think Roger Barton was on the editing on that. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Oh my gosh, it's the same editor on Titanic, Armageddon, Pirates of the Caribbean star wars uh revenge of the sith yeah roger barton is, is a classic um editor and I, I think he's a classic editor within uh uh paramount because he's worked on a lot of their movies um i think like arm yeah like armageddon bad boys the island all these movies kind of resemble this sim- this same look um transformers yeah i felt like this in my in my tweets i said this looked like a transformers movie um uh it it feels a lot like the same beats of a transformers movie as well um let me see what else i actually would have thought that the cinematographer would have been the same it's it's but it's the editor um this guy even did michael uh michael bay's six underground godzilla v uh godzilla uh king of monsters uh transformers the last night this dude's done a fuck ton okay so yeah and he's worked a lot for him um so anyways uh where were we at uh sorry i kind of went off on a tangent of of that but anyways um so yeah there is some real stakes to this movie um and you know we just got to have chris pratt coming in and save the save the family um what so what do we have dan receives a notice that he has been drafted and receives uh sorry drafted and reports with other draftees to basic training dan's ductees with uh sorry sorry dan deduces with fellow draftee charlie that to prevent uh that to prevent a paradox those drafted have already died before the war starts um the draftees uh are sent forward in time into a battlefield on miami beach but few survive this was a crazy uh a crazy opening first of all chris pratt having to rip off his shirt do all this nonsense not necessary he's just getting his arm like you know skunked in or whatever he has to like get his arm like neurolinked, linked which i felt barely had you know it had some elements in the plot but it wasn't really ultimately that uh important in my opinion um but this whole part where they're being jumped into the future and they fuck up the jump is this based off of a book because this feels like uh it would be based off of a book this that this would happen that everybody is falling from like like the sky like they mess up okay so all like half these people right here okay what are you what are we looking at like 200 people um and so they take half over half of these people throw them in the middle of the air and everybody is just falling from the sky like it's fucking a cheat code in grand theft auto i was like oh fuck i was like this is intense you're really gonna do them like that you're, you're gonna take half your troop the reason you're losing half your troops like that is because you're fucking taking them and shoving them straight off a building oh my god that's scary as fuck um so I, I was very surprised that that was that was the opening scene of them being transported to the future. I was like, "Damn, y'all fucked that up!" And that seemed like a very interesting way to go to the future. It's like, "Damn, now I definitely don't want to go to the future. I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be Thanos snapped all the way into the the." the 500 story of a building be falling my ass down I'm like I was like jeez i was like holy santa claus shit that sucks so uh anyways <laughs> so the draftees are sent forward in time to a battlefield on miami beach but few survive having accidentally dropped him from high above the city <laughs> the field com- uh, commander colonial forester orders the draftees to rescue nearby uh lab personnel before the area is sterilized i felt like they just kind of a lot of this was like grab the thing to do the thing to kill the thing it felt very much you know MacGuffin like in, in that way um so they discover the the lab's personnel are already dead but recover their research dan radios command about the situation and he's told that no one will be sent to help and rescue the stranded troops they just fucking like sent all these people to death like uh, straight to die straight to die and I, I remember there's an uh a government guy at the very beginning of this that is c- kind of trying to explain you know this is what's gotta go on this is what's gonna do this is what you gotta do and at the very end of the movie even though everyone dies he's like ah yes everything i did was justified i i distinctly remember that so um anyways the um uh so this is kind of fucked up they do not make whatever this military personnel i, I don't think they specifically say which military it is like arm army marines or anything like the special ops whatever they don't make them look good at all so um yeah dan radio's command about the situation he's told that no one be sent helped send. no one will be sent to help the stranded troops Nearly everyone dies except for Charlie Dan and Duran Doran a battle-hardened survivor on his third deployment to the future There's kind of supposed to be this whole thing about this guy. That's you know been going to the future all this many times That just knows what he's doing. He has this like wears this medallion He wears the tooth around his neck like he's been killing like he's been hunting bears but it's been white spikes and he's got the you know the medallion to show it eventually he gives us the Pratt later this guy just feels totally underwritten um uh, i i mean it feels like he should be way more of a badass than he really is and in, in, in some scenes in my my personal opinion the way he goes out is just kind of like is god like kind of dang dude can you take it easy <laughs> oh dude so yeah uh i thought that guy should have been written a little bit better uh the survivors wake up in the military encampment in the dominic uh sorry the dominic the dominican republic um dan reports to colonial Forrester who turns out to be his grown daughter murray or murai i forgot how to pronounce it murray i'm calling her murray fuck it <laughs> um and i feel like it's supposed to be like this big moment of like chris pratt being like "Hmm, wow she did turn out very well but there's still like this very like strange tension between them in a way um i i like everything um so stra- sorry sorry what's her name strahovich is doing um because i feel like she's taking this Role very very seriously and she's like this you know this is my sarah connor moment in a way kind of like reverse terminator in a way um but i felt like she needed to have some like pathos to her like the whole thing for her was you know oh you weren't there for me dad like how many times have we seen we weren't they i you know you weren't there for me dad like my god we just saw that with army of the dead oh, oh and this this felt so much like another studio's version of army of the dead send in ragtag group of team into a terrible place to go do a mission and the mission goes wrong and that's we follow the main guy you know that kind of thing dad daughter that type of thing there's a lot of uh uh similarities to this as uh from the type of movie it is um to army of dead and i think i enjoyed army of dead just a little bit more just because this was so fucking scatterbrained this one felt like it was a six hour film and it was cut down to two and a half hours and it was there was still too much stuff in my opinion um i always throw that in there because someone's like hey i like this shit oh that's great that's fucking great um. Then you know, do do your podcast kind of thing. Uh. But this one, I'm like, I I don't think it works too good. So, um, I kind of forgot his daughter's name. I, I apologize, Marie. I, I'm gonna call her that. So she requests the she requests he accompany her on a mission to capture a female white spike, uh which are rarer than than the females typically encountered. They trap and cage the female, only to have hundreds of males descend on their position. As the helicopter with female with the female lifts off, Dan and Marie, and Mariah, escape to a beach, and radio for rescue. Marie uh, re- reveals to Dan that. Uh, dissatisfied with his life after losing his job he abandons his family and dies in a car crash in 2030 um which is like holy shit i mean they're told several times by people that are like you know we see what you're i I think the military says at one point when they're putting that like jump link thing on um on his arm that uh we see how you're gonna die but we can't say it that's kind of a classic trope in many uh sci-fi uh Jumping to the future kind of things um, movies Uh, Car crash though, that doesn't sound like I thought it was gonna be he, he dies way before the spikes even show up So, um, and she's clearly got that Uh She's clearly upset with him even though she's seeing him again. It's kind of a very mixed mixed reaction in a way, um, yeah so i was it feels a little bit over dramatic it feels like they're they're telling us what he did and not really showing us too much that of what he did i mean there's scenes at the beginning with him and his daughter you know uh him being there for his daughter in in a way but not not to the extent where i was like you know i i didn't feel it mr krabs you know what i'm saying i didn't feel the connection between they didn't do the legwork to make me feel the connection between these two characters um So, um, what do we have over here? White spikes are transported to a fortified or oil rig close to port Nelson, where the jump link is located. Um, Marie creates a toxin that can kill the white spikes, the white spikes attack and overrun the base to free the female. And Marie sacrifices herself to send back to the, to send Dan back to the past. Um, and so, like I said, this is, uh, a pretty intense sequence. I'm not going to lie this, this whole little bit. And, uh, you know, even looking back at this trailer, they pretty much show the entire movie of, you know, a little bit out of sequence, but, uh, I mean, they show the compound, they show the white spikes, you know, coming to attack. They really show, uh, A big chunk of it and they even show one of the best money shots i think you know this shot right here i was like god dang why i i was so glad i didn't see this shot in the trailer even though it's probably one of the best shots and this shot actually reminds me of the shot of uh superman when he is i think he's covered uh let let me see i'm gonna find this for you when superman is covered Hold on. And what is it? Man versus Steel. Superman covered in... <laughs> and strawberries. <laughs> I think it's skulls. Hold on. This reminds me of the scene when... Yeah, this. I feel like this really is uh, reminiscent of uh, this one. Let me see. Yeah, check this out. Yeah. I really feel like this shot and this shot have the same composition. You know? I mean look at that. I thought I think that's that's pretty impressive to be honest. Um but yeah, you can kind of see that it's from like somewhat of the same studio. I, I would have said it's the same cinematographer, but um did we find out it was the same I think it was the same cinematographer too. Man vs Steel, let me see. Yeah, we did. It is. Sorry, it's uh, not Man vs. Steel. It's Batman v. Superman. Um, but yeah, so anyways. Uh, I'll get back to it. Um, okay, so anyways. very. Uh, it's got great composition. It's got good colors. I've never had a problem with uh, Paramount's colors. I-, I like the steely look of their sci-fi movies um but they do have that that specific look so um yeah I don't think they did the leg work enough for me to feel the full emotion of losing Marie but we do see Chris Pratt just like aching with it and it is really hard to watch to be honest it's like damn uh, uh you know uh seeing his daughter die right you know die right in front of him and he's like he's he's transported at the same time to the next place and he's he's still in the moment of the last place he was just at he's like like freaking out and is upset um and so which by default would make him want to see his younger daughter much more um you know later so anyways um let me see although he returns to 2023 Um, With the toxin the jump link is destroyed the world interprets the jump link Jump links destruction as a sign that the future war is lost and I think they uh, say somewhere in the um, in the rules of how the timelines working and stuff like that that the jump link is Constantly moving in in time forward with the 30 years in in front of it so it's like you can't like go back to before the war was started They they can only continuously go forward um which is kind of interesting um so yeah while dan brainstorms with his wife emmy uh she deduces that the white spikes did not arrive in 2048 but came much earlier dan consults with charlie and martin uh, a high school student with an interest in volcanoes and they theorize that the white spikes have been on earth since at least the millennium eruption in the year 946 and, and global warming caused them to thaw out and emerge from under the ice caps my god that i was uh i was floored when they decided to go with uh this part of the movie there's a part right at the beginning where they're uh you know they're showing him as a biology teacher and stuff like that and there's just one guy that's answering all of the questions and it's that deus ex you know machina of that person that is in transformers he's in i want to say he's in armageddon i want to say this is a trope in a lot of these movies i've I've uh identified here before and that is establishing something corny and something That is going at the very beginning of the stories that may or may not become relevant later It's normally a person. It's normally something someone says it's normally someone babbling it's something of that of that notion and it's usually used as a throw-off joke at the beginning of the movie and then it comes back in the third act to come back and like so to you know so to say like uh so to speak help the protagonist or or of some way to you know to defeat the thing or to save the thing or to you know to do the whatever to uh, complete the mission and uh they do it here again so uh what do we have (sighs) yeah i thought that was ridiculous that, that they go back to this guy i was like what fucking ever um dan leads a mission to russia with charlie doran a few survive surviving future soldiers and an estranged father james to prove his theory uh that his estranged father james is apparently trying to you know be close with his daughter and there's this big line of like family ties through every single one of these movies uh like army of the dead talk about dad you weren't even there man and they have got chris pratt like he's pissed at his dad and then later his daughter's gonna be pissed at him so everyone's just pissed with their dad and so it's like Okay, that I understand the the thinking and the writing behind the theater, uh, behind what's going on here. I understand there's, there's some there's some father issues. My God, okay. Um, so yeah, uh, the thing is, he's an estranged father, but J.K. Simmons is such a fucking badass. He was just the voice in uh, as Omni Man most recently when we covered. Uh, we've seen him in Whiplash. We've seen him in. Uh, 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 spider-man we've seen him in a hundred billion different roles the dude cannot do any wrong and he doesn't do any wrong here either jk simmons is one of the bright spots of this movie absolutely adored having um jk simmons on screen and i honestly felt like they kind of fucked up what they should have done was have uh chris pratt i felt like it would have been cool to have chris pratt meet his older self of some sort so that he can tell him you know, they can have some sort of self-reflection in a way. I thought that if J.K. Simmons and Chris Pratt would have played the same guy, that would have been totally way more interesting than Chris Pratt having some sort of father issue that sort of, sort of doesn't get resolved. Um, But that's just me. Let me know what you think in the comments about this review. Let me know what you think about um every you know what we're talking about when what would you have done to the movie to make it better make it better or did it even need to be better am i being too harsh on it let me know look at also check the comments uh thumbs up uh, follow subscribe do all that good stuff i'm gonna try to start doing all the the intro the, the outro stuff before we finish up the podcast so that we can just call it a good one but uh yeah thank you all for listening watching at all podcast let's finish up this review um so yeah the team finds a crashed alien ship at the Academy of Science, of science of the ship at the Academy of Sciences Glacier of Kamasalat Island. How the fuck they do that? I don't apps. I have no fucking idea. I mean, I, I watch the thing. They do does some sort of calculation. Says that's when glaciers would have melted and shit like that they find all this way too fucking easy and this whole last paragraph that i'm reading is the last 45 minutes of this it probably should have been uh you know chris pratt comes back gives the cure to everyone and it it just saves the world this whole last 45 minutes is unnecessary and probably would have saved them a lot of money um so anyways they find this bullshit the aliens have crashed on Kamaslat Island. They debate telling the world about the problem, but decide that uh, to end the threat right then and there. Once inside, they realize that the white spikes are not the aliens themselves, but rather uh, bioengineered organisms, possibly used as plant clearing as a plant clearing weapon or cattle by another race, another alien race. The team injects several of of the dominant white spikes with a toxin. This kills the injected ones but wakes the others, and most of the team is killed. Doran, terminally ill with cancer and wanting to die on his own terms. Okay, so this is what the whole thing was. He was dying. He was was diagnosed with cancer and he's the one that was going back and fighting all these white spikes every time and the most interesting we find thing we find out about him is that he's terminally ill. Um it's kind of a shortcut to making us feel bad about him in a way and giving him a reason to you know, I guess I guess want to kill himself away. I I I'm starting to get tired of using cancer or being terminally ill as a way to have that individual just, uh, you know, have a really cool explosion or a really cool way going out. I kind of don't mind if it's like a, like, a, uh, like if if they're shooting their way out of something, like a, a bank heist of some sort. But when they're going out and blowing stuff up, it's just like, eh, it's just not nearly as interesting these days. In my opinion, like I said. um, So he's terminally ill with cancer, wanting to die on his own terms. He stays up to blow up the ship with the C4 and the explosion kills all but one he's like if i'm gonna die I'm gonna die all die! it's like okay let's let's just let's just take it easy um <laughs> and so it kills all but one of course was the the big mother it never kills the big mamba um dan and his father hunt and kill the one female that has escaped leaving them and charlie as the only team's survivors um it was really cool seeing you know the uh dynamics of chris pratt and this alien and jk simmons trying to take it all down i thought that was uh i I say really cool i'd say it was a little bit more unpredictable than i thought there was a couple times i was like oh jk's going down jk's going down jk's going down there's no reason for this guy jk's going down i was like i was like pratt needs to do something my god and he's using that uh thing that uh the the tooth or whatever that doran had he's like stabbing he's like <laughs> you're like trying to stab the, the female uh alien white spike and it's just like intense he's like why don't you fucking die it's like oh yeah, it's, like, well, it's, it's who is this movie for again is this for families is it, it was all it was advertised in uh for christmas i believe let me see i don't think i have uh i don't remember if it says pg-13 or anything let me see if i can find one uh i am curious what what it was rated uh it's rated pg-13 but i kind of felt like it was a little bit closer to rated r just with you know the intensity of it i don't know but that's just me anyways um very end of the movie uh so content uh, oh i gotta say in I felt like there was even weapons that they used in this movie that they saw in Army of Dead or whatever the hell we just watched, Army of Dead, that they used the same weapons. They even have like the saw and they use have have some of the same guns. Like, like I was like, damn, they literally just watched Army of Dead and just said, I want some of these, some of those, some of these. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, content knowing that the war is averted and humanity is saved Dan brings James home his father to bring uh, sorry to meet his wife and daughter determined not to make the same stakes that Marie had warned him about from her future and that is the Tomorrow War 2021 directed by Chris McKay thank you for listening watching luck at all Podcast. let me know what you thought of the Tomorrow War. Uh, the Tomorrow War is uh, streaming right now on Prime Video. Uh, like I said earlier, I think I'd probably get about a 7 out of 10, mostly because of the visuals. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the in between parts were, were kind of forgettable. Would I want to see more in this world? Probably not. Nice I'm you. not craving to watch any more of this uh, this world. Uh, I go for one and done, but that's just me. Thank you for listening watching. Love podcast.